One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to episode three of The Front Free, the new football podcast from me, Adam Boltwood. The one and only Lawrence McKenna. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, good, yeah. And uh, the stat man himself, Dave O'Brien. Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon to you guys. Mm-hmm. Depends night. on where you're listening. Maybe uh, listening as you go to sleep. So, uh, technically this is late. It's supposed to come out Wednesday. Yep. But obviously it had to come out late because... Champions League. Champions League. Yeah. Same again next week, you know. A couple of people were up in arms about that. Really? Yeah, they yeah. went up. But, uh, yeah, I, all we can say is sorry. And um, get a life. No, no. It is important that people know when it's coming out. Yeah, no. And when they can listen to the front three. People still get a life. Organising their lives around it. Yeah. Uh, So, in that case, then. Anyway, let's get on with it. So much to talk about. Champions League semi finals, as I mentioned. Yeah. You know, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tim Sherwood, questions, Memphis to pie, all this good stuff. Uh, I need need a slice of Memphis to pie. So, if you want to tweet us your questions, then you have to go on Twitter and tweet us at the front free. Got some great questions this week, but before we get to them, Lawrence, mm-hmm. we've got to talk about Barcelona free by Munich zero. Yes. So the almost perfect tie for us in many ways. Yes. Yeah. So top of the show on the front three is three nil Barcelona. Exactly. Home domination against Bayern Munich and their old manager Pep Guardiola, who said nothing can stop Lionel Messi, and he he wasn't wrong, was he? Yeah, two goals from Messi. Mm-hmm. Um, Although, I think he's wrong in saying that nothing can stop Lionel Messi. What can possibly stop him? Well, they, he has been stopped before, hasn't he, Dave? It's I mean, been, in, in La Liga, they have stopped him. And it did look as if both sides um, had almost realised we need to play a little bit more physically in this game. So it, it looks as if neither side really minded that they were fouling each other at times. I think it really works out with Messi is that he's, he was fouled out before playing as a false nine, let's say. You know, you block him off, you create like a a midfield square right in front of the back four and it yeah. sort of shuts his down his space but now he's playing this wide right position where he has the freedom of the world it's going to be difficult how do you stop him now it would have been an interesting battle to see if Bernat had stuck with him all game it seems like Bernat was playing at all sort of wing pack position ahead of him and behind him there wasn't a sort of a, a solution to Lionel Messi there wasn't a block in front of the back four as well on that sort of left hand side where Messi would come in on that right channel mm. they just had no answer for him and if you look at his game by numbers it's absolutely incredible two goals one assist for the Neymar goal created four chances, completed 32 passes, and he completed 10 take-ons. Mm. He dribbled past 10 opponents. That is absolutely incredible stats, right? Yeah, now. yeah. And not only that, but the system... Both, in fact, you know what? Despite the fact that Bayern lost 3-0, both systems did seem to work quite effectively to go punch for punch, didn't they? It was the first goal, I think, that was so important. Obviously, yeah. Barcelona got that first goal. Imagine if Lewandowski had um, you know, scored that chance that Muller yeah. set up for him. It would have been a completely different game, but what I was always sort of 
you know, aware of before that game is how Barcelona lost to Borussia Mönchengladbach. They got hit on the counter attack twice and lost two 0 Exposed Bayern Munich where they're weak down the flanks at their fullbacks, and that's kind of what Barcelona sort of did, giving the ball to Messi early, getting it to Neymar early, being quite direct in that manner. And I think that's really, really complemented by their style this season. So what can Pep do then? Sorry. What can Pep do now? What can he do now? Well, I mean, he obviously I didn't really like the narrative. He was going back to his club and then losing three nil. But what what does he do now? He's three nil down in this leg. With what people were billing as, you know, one of the favourites for the competition, what what tactics does Pep set up in the second leg? Because if, effectively, he's, I mean, really, he's setting up against a side who would love for them to have to attack when they're three yeah. nil down. Exactly. So, do, based on that, based on you know, you're saying he's got himself in a difficult situation now. Because yeah. what can you do in the second leg? Were his tactics wrong in the first leg? Do you think? Because you're saying, okay, they were set up well, you know, okay, it was three nil, but Brian didn't play particularly badly, as it were. Well, Gary Neville pointed it out in the commentary, didn't he? It's hard to go blow for blow with Barcelona when yeah. Barcelona stretched the play so much and Bayern Munich like they were rushing all over the pitch at times. They they, they lasted about half an hour, I think, and then their their intensity started to drop off. So yeah. it's the difference then. It's the Barcelona team in their peak, that front three. You know, they've got yeah. a perfect the 11s very settled. Bayern Munich, however, had a few key players injured: Rivery, Robin, Alaba. Yeah. Do you think that had an impact? In I think, terms well, of obviously, going to they step? had less pace. Lewandowski leading away some mm. of their counter attacks gave them less pace. Alonso had to push a little bit further up at times to push the attack further, yeah. and it would, like you say, that, that they lacked that box at the back, which yeah. generally would be Alonso patrolling that area. And what they did was they just got between that and completely took him out of the game. And that's why we have the the, um, the you know the gif or the the meme uh-huh. of uh, of Boateng. <laughs> I feel so sorry. For him. What do you think it feels like to become a meme? Do you think he even knows that he's a meme online? Oh, yeah, he do you think? How do you know? You get wound up by a teammate. Team Muller would be straight on, on the internet. He's Pin on him Twitter. Pin it on the wall in the changing room. It'd be funny you know, about Do you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so obviously Messi got all the plaudits, but mm. you could argue that Rakitic and Alves were very important to that win. Yeah, weirdly, Alves actually coming in for some, some praise for once from he, anyone. Yeah, well, he sort of drifted out of the, uh, the world football, didn't he, last season? didn't really play as much. And this season, I think he's been the best right-back in world football. I'd definitely say that. He's won more tackles than any defender in La Liga this season. And it just shows that with Messi on that right-hand side, the likes of Rakitic and Alves have to work twice as hard defensively. But it just works so well, Rakitic playing a sort of a shuttler role, you know, winning tackles, winning the ball back for the um, Messi goal when he sat down Boateng yeah. Rakitic won the ball then gave it to Messi and that's the sort of functional role that you need in this side with Alves hitting back to form you remember some assists this season that he sort of created out of absolutely nothing that goal against Real Madrid that he pinged the ball to Suarez and then you had other, another assist against PSG in the Champions League where he just created up something out of absolutely nothing another Suarez goal and I think players like Alves and again Busquets mentioned before people forget how good they are and Piquet these yeah. players are performing at that top level once again and I think that's just you know it's going to help by me it's help sorry this is going to help Barcelona to win the Champions League this season. Mm. Uh, so, I'll ask the obvious question then. Messi or Ronaldo? That's what everyone's well, How's about. that an obvious question now? Because <laughs> you talk about how good Messi is, Who you have to talk about how good Ronaldo is. Who cares? Do you not care? No. Because you've been asked it like a million times in your life. Yeah, it doesn't make what, any sense. So what did you say? Okay, I'll dive in here. It was Messi. Sorry, it was Ronaldo. Two thousand four. You, you just dived in and you hit your head on the floor. <laughs> yeah, you're bleeding out at the bottom of the pool, Dave. I'm gonna have to come and get you. Ronaldo seems like a lovely guy. Genuinely, why? Why bother with this? When Ronaldo scored the other week, and Ronaldo, he got a bit mad. You see that? You see that? Is he cracking on the pressure? Yeah, but you know what? I'm, you know, I, I just still don't care. Like, I don't care about having to. Care about what I care about is the question. The question is, why are they? 
better? Why are they this so much further ahead than everyone else? Why is Messi so much better than all these other players? And why is Ronaldo scoring hat-tricks in that league? Could you say that it's because La Liga is not as intense a league and therefore they can save their big performances for the Champions League and be surrounded by great players? You could say that. Or you could say Messi's better. Joking. Yeah, maybe. No, maybe you could. <laughs> maybe you could. But again, I don't care. So Lawrence doesn't care, but Dave, what do you Dave think? does. Messi, obviously brilliant in 2015. Ooh. He is now Ooh. the best player in the world by a country mile, I'd say. By Ronaldo country was, mile. Ronaldo was pretty anonymous in that game. He scored a goal, but he wasn't in the game. It wasn't a Ronaldo He scored a hat-trick at the weekend. He did score a hat-trick at the weekend, but I'm saying in the Juventus game. How many goals will he have at the end of the season? How many Messi's goals has he got? Goals Ronaldo has scored more goals than Messi this season yeah. but Messi has scored 27 goals put the mic in front of your mouth yeah 27 Good. goals in 2015 and got 14 assists in 2015 this calendar year yeah, and well. we're only in May yeah so I think this season is going to be for Messi Ronaldo as last season it does yeah. seem like that. well Ronaldo. I mean La Liga will finish soon so yeah. I mean they're not going to get much more yeah. chance to uh, <laughs> score many more goals so it does seem like after that Ballon d'Or it literally seems like literally a day after the Ballon d'Or ceremony switched again yeah and Messi's back in his absolute peak yeah you know Ronaldo's sort of going you know, he's lost form a little bit he's got a hat trick last weekend no okay say. yeah against, for his own granted, ridiculous standards but, yeah. over the over the period of time the last few months since January yeah his form has dipped slightly but they're still they're still a great and powerful side so do you think these two players yeah. are like motivating each other so in terms of you look at the Ballon d'Or you look at Ronaldo scores against Juventus. He's the top Champions League scorer. Messi in the next night scores two. Now he's the top scorer. Do you think there is like... No, because Messi was brilliant before Ronaldo. Wasn't he? Ronaldo was brilliant before Messi. Before they came into each other's like... Yeah, I think it's, it's very it's very much that the, the press creates this, doesn't they? Well, doesn't it? Just, they're just head and shoulders above everyone else, the two of them. Yeah, but that doesn't so mean they have to put them in competition. The yeah, but I wouldn't say it's the press. It's just inevitable, isn't it? They're on the opposing teams. It's not like necessarily yeah, a press thing. As, it's like a natural. But you know when you know when the press go, oh, pressure is building, and you're like, wait, is pressure building, or are you just yeah. saying pressure is building? Well, pressure is building. Then if someone's saying it, well, if someone's saying it, then they're the one building on. the pressure. The so pressure it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Speaking of Messi and Ronaldo, so yeah. can you see Bayern Munich getting back into this leg, or a Barcelona through, potentially oh, to meet Real Madrid in the final? Messi Ronaldo final. Everyone goes mental because it's been it's been. I think it was Football Daily last week who put that yeah. picture up. And they said, um, they said, you know, every time that it's been Barcelona in one leg and Real in the other, they've never gotten through to face each other in the final. So now the question is, can Juve in the second leg can t- keep their lead, basically? So you, are you giving Bayern a chance, though, is what I'm saying? A Barcelona no, free. Not, not at all. I don't think there's anything they can do tactically to change it. Chase the game now. Yeah, it's, you know, if they go 3v3 versus the Barca three, top, the Barca front three. You know, Suarez, Messi, and Neymar. You've got no chance, absolutely no chance. If any manager can do it, it's Pep. But he's a he's at a depleted squad. Yeah, I think I think they do miss their best three best players, Robin, Ribery, and Alba. I think they yeah. are their best players. Yeah, no, in a way, yeah. and that's what they missed. Yeah. So, what about the other semi final? Juventus. What uh, Juve? Who we don't know much about, according to most people re- previewing the game. If you uh, remember, well, I was guys, not... I want to take you back to earlier this year. Oh, smug, smug. Dave's going to blow his own <laughs> cock here. Sorry, whistle <laughs> here. Talking about yourself in the third person, to wanker. Be, to be the, the dark horses of the Champions League this season. Yeah. So, I did say Allegri would bring a new style to Juventus, which would make them competitive yeah. in the Champions League. If you remember yeah. with the 4-4-2 diamond, which yeah. he, was, he wasn't wrong, he wasn't wrong. Yeah. Which I was completely correct with, yeah. I'm just going to say. But anyway, 
Yeah, or you pick you pick the one so, team yeah. you pick the one team at the top of Syria with a new manager who seemed to be going quite well at that point. Dave, no, no, no. in Dave's hindsight, no, no. <laughs> it's true though. I mean, tactically, yeah, Dave, Dave yeah, did yeah, pick yeah. them out. And, yeah. You know, credit credit to you. Credit to you. Dave. Um, it, it, do you, did they? I mean, how much of what you said did they employ against this game against Real? Well, it was absolutely awesome, wasn't it? We saw the, the midfield sort of the midfield diamond of Juventus versus the sort of four three three four four two out of attack for Real Madrid. Mm. What Real Madrid really struggled with, with is that holding midfield. We've, we've talked about it yeah. you know, until the cows go home that Xavi Alonso is missed so, so much. And Tony Cruz can't do that defensive role. The massive point where you were looking at that game tactically was between Marcelo, yeah. the, the left back, and then the left centre half, mm. Varane. That space was absolutely massive. You see for the first goal, Marquisio picks it up. Marcelo goes towards him and the space between the centre half and the left back is huge yeah. Tevez waltzes in has a shot they score a goal and it happened frequently through that half another interesting thing was Ramos he was absolutely awful but Ancelotti <laughs> True. didn't so Ramos is the defensive player out of their midfield three let's say why did he not switch in with Cruz and then get, get Ramos to sit to protect that really weak spot of strange the Real Madrid man. team that was a strange one it, it seems like Ancelotti thinks for me, he's not a pragmatic manager. He doesn't react to things like, first of all, you've got to stop Pirlo. Then you've got to sort of, you know, if, if the team's unpicking you, you've got to react. And he didn't do that at all. I, I and believe that's why it, Real lost. I believe it was you, Dave, who also said, though, that Pirlo probably wouldn't be suited to this game. Yeah, but I said that because everyone in the past at this level of the Champions League knows that you stop Pirlo. Yeah, and so, they haven't. So there's obviously the stats of coming out, Pirlo, you know, covered the second most distance on the pitch, completed the second amount most of passes. They didn't stop him down. He didn't have a direct opponent. There wasn't a... Um, Party sung on him. There wasn't uh, anyone that can just get on him and stay on him. You know, you've got James Rodriguez. Ramos could have done a role there. Ramos could have man marked him, and Real Madrid would have come off a lot better. But they let Pirlo dictate the game. The Italians and the Spanish are a fiend for um, for uh, like uh, <clears throat> I don't know some superstition. And I feel like Juve have got a, trying to create that kind of superstition around this. Do you know what I mean? They're like, we've not won it for a while. This is our chance. Uh, you know, Pirlo's like, if I get it, I'll go. And, you know, they're building up all this kind of uh, right. almost intangible energy that they are now believing in themselves. So Buffon and, you know, all those guys are building themselves up. Mm. You look a bit like Buffon with your hair today, Adam. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this then. So you're talking about Ancelotti. Yeah. Tactical mistakes. He's, he's not, you know, pragmatic in the game. All the reports before the game were talking about how his job is at risk, basically. He's getting sacked. Uh, in the morning. He, regardless, someone's saying even if he won the Champions League, he's getting sacked. Yeah. So what, what do you make of this whole well, situation? They're saying Zidane's coming, coming through. Well, yeah, so, so how what do you good make of is Zidane if they're sacking Carlo Ancelotti well, to bring more, him in? It's not so much how good is Zidane, it's more how, you know... How malleable is he? How much can they control no, him as how, a puppeteer how, from above? How unreasonable <laughs> is uh, Perez getting rid of Ancelotti? Just, well, I know last season you could sort of say they were a kick away, a header away from losing the Champions League final. Yeah. Uh, so do you think he should be sacked this year if, if they lose a league? if they get knocked out of the Champions League but should and will are two different things that's what I'm saying I, I so I'm saying he, should I don't think he should be sacked we're, we're saying he probably will he probably will be regardless I, so I, what I do be. wonder is is will, what will Zidane try and do tactically at Real Madrid that Ancelotti will do differently and I just wonder if maybe Zidane it, it, you know typifying the Galactico mm -hmm. mentality which was <clears throat> very inward looking uh, quite quiet at times and sort of I don't know, it spoke for itself in many ways and it seems like Real Madrid not having that right now. I wonder if that's kind of the way that they need to go is have someone who understands what Galactico is and that's what that's why they're trying to bring Zidane in. I think the worrying thing about Zidane as well is that at the start of the season when he, when he took over as Real Madrid Castilla boss, they were, they were like bottom of the league. 
They're absolutely yeah. awful. And now they've, you know, they've got a, a wealth of talent for the league. They've pulled it around, but they're still sitting in seventh position. You look at Pep Guardiola when he took over Barcelona, the C team, I think they took. You know, yeah. he, he changed the style. He, he really was proactive in his formations and his thinking. And it doesn't look like Zidane has that same ability to, to you know, to go to a lower level and push it through. I think Zidane probably needs a few step ups before he is Real Madrid manager. You know, one of the biggest clubs in the world. I think it'll be a massive think, why gamble. Is, why is Perez trying to bring him in? I'm not sure he is. I mean, I wonder if that's maybe well, all all pressure on Ancelotti. And I wonder also if, well, I mean, really, uh, someone like Jurgen Klopp doesn't fit, really, does he? Let's, no. talk, let's talk about uh, the other manager then, so Allegri. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't a very popular hire when he came in in the summer. Well, no, because he was an ex-Milan manager. Of course. He, he baited the Juve yes. fans before. Yeah. So he was, his, his car was egged and stoned and everything. Yeah, it, but, but how, that's, how that's all part of it. That is Italy. You can, you can go yeah, between the two. But how impressed have you been with him, <clears> seeing as he came in at a very late stage in pre-season, it was late yeah. July, He's won the league already. Yeah, that's the fourth consecutive league title, and he's on for a for a triple. And now you know it's looking good to get yeah. into the final of, yeah. the, of the Champions League, which is something they haven't done for a, a long, long time. I read an article about him at the weekend, and it said, you know, if if Ancelotti's sides are the brawn, then Juve are the brains, Ooh. and that's what Allegri maybe brings to this European style of football that Juve are playing is is the intelligence to be able to face a side. And use some of their strengths against them, which is what they did really well against against Real. Is that Real thought they were strong in midfield, yep. and very often could just bypass the other team's midfield. And Allegri just outthought them yep. and thought, if we put Pirlo there, we'll outthink Real in this game. And that's what he's done apparently very well throughout the season. Because I haven't watched enough Serie A to be able to express an opinion on him. But but from seeing what the small amounts that I have of Juve, it's that they always consider what the opposition are going to do, and then because they've got such a strong squad it allows them to respond to those guys and intelligently outplay the other team and sometimes they've been outthought I mean yeah. you know that, that, but that happens very rarely for them under Allegri I think it's what's interesting obviously in domestically Carlos Tevez has pretty much bailed them out which is, in, which is absolutely brilliant but what was interesting in the Champions League game Juventus played three different formations within the game and they changed so well between obviously Juventus have been playing a back three for the past you know X amount of seasons under Conte under Conte so Juventus have been playing the back three under Conte and now it's really changed this flexibility between mm-hmm. a, a 4-4-2 diamond, which he started with, and then he moved, he brought one of his midfielders off and moved to a 3-5-2 with two strikers mm-hmm. to keep the pressure on Real Madrid. They won they won the penalty in that formation. And then at the end he went to a 3-6-1. So three that tactical changes in the same sort of tactical philosophy of keeping a lot of players centrally in terms of your midfielders, you know, having that superiority in the middle and then having a really solid back line. And then at the end of the game when Real Madrid was sort of pushing for the win they've done it a lot this year they just cross the ball and try and overload the opposition's defenders in the penalty area that's just an absolute joke for you know Barzagli Chiellini and Bonucci they should be laughing about that yeah that, that tackle that Chiellini tackle on Ronaldo on the sixth, on the 92nd minute that's fantastic was wasn't it brilliant yeah. that is probably my favourite tackle of all time it's just a you know to, to kill a counter attack it, it was looking about a th- I think it was a three on three Real Madrid versus about four Juventus but just to kill it to take the yellow card is absolutely brilliant defending what about Ledley King's tackle? Sorry. That's the greatest tackle. Of all time? Yeah. Which is the one where he just keeps going? That's Sol Campbell. Yeah, so that, that Sol Campbell <laughs> tackle is my favourite one of all time. Uh, so, um, in that first leg, so they obviously missed Modric. Yeah. They obviously missed Benzema. Yeah. What are you thinking for the second leg? They'll try and control the midfield. They realise that Pirlo is going to be the fulcrum, but I'm wondering if in the second leg, 
Allegri will just start and be like, you know what, fuck it, get rid of Pirlo, yeah. or negate the 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 threat that Pirlo was in the previous game and, and put the emphasis somewhere else. And then Ancelotti is going to have a load of players out there who are brief for something else, and Allegri's already changed yeah. it up. And you know, th- th- I mean, Dave, I mean, Dave just extolled the virtues of the way that Allegri plays his game. So I mean, yeah. that that is what I imagine is going to give yeah. him the edge in the second leg. The problem is they're going home. So I reckon they'd start with a three-five-two. I reckon, like you're saying, get Pirlo out, put Marquisio in there, someone that's more defensively reliable, someone that's more energetic. Have midfield of Vidal, Marquisio, and then the lad that came in, Strururo. Is that his mm. name? Yeah, along those lines. Strururo. Who do you think is going to go through to the final? Then? Like, what, 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 what are they thinking? I think Madrid might come back into this, you know. Mm. You know what? I, they've got the away goal. They don't need one goal. I know they've got the away goal. You do just sort of, There's something that's nailed on about Juve this season. Yeah, great. Which I like, which I, I want. Of, Part of me wants to see Madrid be Barcelona. Be so hyped! Like what a final! No, I know you know what? I know no, it's standard because it's El Clasico, but uh, I feel like with Juventus it wouldn't quite be the same occasion, sense of occasion. But know? that's you the thing is, game. I think wouldn't it be amazing? It would be a better if game. Juve is the extreme underdogs. I know we're, I know we're oh, now saying they'll go through that. because of the narrative of Barcelona being the you know the, the, the huge side. Yeah. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? It'd be incredible. I think, I, I think that would be better than the played-out narrative of El Clasico. Yeah, Real Madrid, Barcelona, again, again, again. Yeah. Right. El Clasico's been a bit boring this year. Barcelona have just won El Clasico both times. They've just been too good. That's correct. Double-check that. Uh, let's put it this way. Um, Barcelona have been better in both El Clasicos, yes. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Right. And uh, Real Madrid have shown their strength, but Barcelona have outthought them. I would love to see what the brain, as I've already said, of Allegri does in a Champions Against League that front three. And, and you do, maybe and, they, he can stop them. And you know what? That then I understand Juve have still spent a lot of money in relative terms mm. in their own league and they've still spent money to keep up with other yeah. people. But I would love to see it turn back to that cerebral style of management that was, you know, kind of 2005, 2006 time yeah. where Mourinho... Uh, you could argue Rafa was up there with those like thoughtful managers yeah. as opposed to just let's throw all these people on and then go from there. And that's why I'm sad that Pep's down in this leg because, you know, it's going to be difficult. The ideal final for me was Germany versus Italy, but, you know, Germany, uh, yeah. Italy versus Spain is good. It's going to be, yeah, I think it'll be, I think, the, as I mentioned before, it'll be better to have this tactical battle between Allegri and Luis Enrique. It could be really interesting to see whether they mm-hmm. do go for, say, 3v3 at the back, you know, the mm-hmm. likes of Chiellini, Barzagli and Benucci against Tevez, sorry, against Neymar, Suarez and Messi would be really, really interesting to see. You do worry there that those guys would be exploited by the pace that the other teams Yeah, have. and I, I've got a bad feeling that Chiellini is going to get booked in the second leg and he's going to miss the final for that wonderful tackle on Ronaldo. Yeah, w- which then you think is stupid. But I mean, yeah. It, yeah. So, but Definitely. then, yeah, so I mean, really, he should have thought about that. He should have done, yeah. But, it, you know, it, I, I do think that potentially there's got to be some other rule with this, you know, you, you get two yellows in a, in a um, semi, you're out the final. Don't we say this every year, though? We I mean, do. because we've seen... Can we see um, Alonso miss the final? We've seen season, Darren Fletcher yeah. miss the... Um, Other prolific two, midfielders. 2011 final, he would have been key in that game. Yeah. You remember he got yeah, yeah. a second yellow for the penalty that wasn't really a penalty, in my opinion. Yeah, no, and, and United looked all at sea because yes. he wasn't there to, to do that. energy there. And yeah. it's, uh, going down the years, there's definitely, you know, Keane missing the final. Yeah. Skulls missing the final. Yeah. There's just been so many good players that, that we have missed for picking up maybe needless bookings in a way. Well, then you think, you know, do, do you deserve it? But, the, well, I mean, you know, if you're stupid enough to get the, the yellow and yellow in both But yeah, it's like, you sort of, you know, do you, you make a brilliant decision, like that Chiellini decision was brilliant for the game. Yeah. Um, you know, do not make that decision then. Do you let Ronaldo go through and your team gets punished? But you don't know they would have been punished. It looks brilliant yeah. because it looks like he's taking charge. But... Ultimately, maybe he's cost his team. The problem is we're talking Definitely. about ifs, and maybe and he buts. won't have cost them. Yeah, I love buts. 
Interesting. So we're saying you want Juve Barcelona final. I want Juve. Yes. Your heart and your head says it's going to be me. My, he- my head and my okay, heart you, says you, you have convinced me, actually. Yeah. I would have, I think it's going to be Barcelona, a huge occasion. But they haven't put a seen compelling far, argument seen forward. Okay, so uh, let's move on to the questions then. Yes. Yeah. Champions League chat. I think it was worthwhile doing it a little bit later this week. No, let's pat ourselves on the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we can hear that. So, uh, first question is from Brad Reason. Hey, Brad. He asked on Twitter at the front for you getting your questions if you want to. He said, Who do Liverpool need to sign in order to get top four next season? Memphis to. Oh, shit. shit. <laughs> um, you know what? No, Liverpool did not need to sign Memphis to buy because Ooh. they've got enough players. They're overloaded so in that section actually, there. Where's over, the one? Let's just say, what's the one position they really need to improve in the most? Defensive midfield. Okay, and who should they be signing? Ideally, Schneiderlin, <sighs> Kondogbia. I mean, Schneiderlin, they would have said would have been a great signing, but I don't see him now leaving. Or, or, or even, even if he leaves, a lot of other clubs are in for the money. There's a lot of other people. Arsenal. I don't, I don't know a defensive midfielder that suits Brendan Rodgers' system. Because you want a ball, you want a ball player, but then you need that physicality in that as well. That's you part of the problem is that I think Liverpool expected Lucas to kind of be that as a Brazilian. Yeah. I mean, originally he was much more attacking when he came to the club, and his, I mean, essentially his injuries have cast yeah. him out this season. But what they need is someone who is a, a, a slightly more authoritative figure than Lucas, yeah. um, and someone who can sit alongside Henderson when Gerrard's gone. And that's not Joe Allen, unfortunately, for Allen and Liverpool. Um, they need someone there who can put a, a tackle in and basically break up a game. And Bula would be perfect for Liverpool as well. He can dictate the play. He's a big central midfielder from Marseille. Mm. He's been absolutely awesome this season. Yeah. Uh, other players that you could potentially look at. I, j- I, just, I just don't know how much of a Liverpool player he looks. I, I, I'd say he looks... I don't know why he do, doesn't look right because he's... A bit too good. If that's not not in a no, bad but, way, no, but, that, no, but that's what I'm saying. Complete. That's what I'm saying. Them, that, yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is it doesn't seem like a very Liverpool esque sign. That's almost what I think. Why Memphis Depay wouldn't have fitted in at Liverpool? Yeah. Not not well. Not, I mean, we can talk about Memphis in a minute. Yeah. But um, you know, that, that's the big issue. Is that actually he seems like the perfect signing for United. Yes. And maybe that's why Liverpool are where they are. Is because you know they've had to look at someone. What you're basically looking at is another Coutinho in that sense. Do you know, yeah. you're looking you at need another someone that's obviously maybe being cast out. Like, Mark, who's been linked with this, this um, week has been linked with Kovacic from Inter Milan yeah. who, who has brilliant stats like he has fundamentally brilliant stats he completes a lot of passes yeah. take-ons tackles and that kind of thing whenever I've seen him he's not been in the game he's a yeah. drifter he'll be in the game for five minutes and he'll get out of the game for like 15 minutes and he'll appear again so maybe it is a signing that they could make you know, that is gone under the radar of European football now that Liverpool could pick up and really go for it for me I think Liverpool need a striker more than anything they are getting a Rigi back, and and what I'm saying is, um, I, I know they look, they yeah. miss Suarez's goals, but part of it is that uh, this season they've relied too much on the same old system they played last season, or yeah. tried to, and yeah. they've adapted it Didn't a little have bit. Firepower in order to yeah. to be able to not be defensively right. Yeah. So I wonder, does does the side need out. a bit more balance, yeah. and therefore you give the likes of Sterling, Markovic, mm-hmm. uh, all the other guys who were playing a Memphis Depay position a bit more licence to roam yeah. which maybe they don't have right now what's quite interesting with the Premier League table looking at it today <coughs> just on reg- uh, relegation which is obviously an interesting subject at the moment regulation Liverpool have only scored 49 goals this season in the Premier League compared to last what well, just before we go to compare to, actually let's go to compare to right this second yeah <laughs> cut this bit I Adam. don't want to edit this later cut this bit Adam I, d- I can't let me ask you a question while we wait for Dave to yeah yeah sure stuff. go for it um, and then we'll pick up the Liverpool chat yeah. mentally actually, park actually, that don't unpark it that must have been thrilling listening for everyone unpause on your iWatch 
go. So Liverpool have scored, scored 49 goals in the Premier League this season compared yeah. to 101 that they managed oh, last season. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they, they crossed which is 100 pretty big. And I think yeah. the really interesting thing about that is they scored 49 this season. Suarez was directly involved, scored or assisted. 52. Three goals last season. There you season. go. So that is... So, so not only that, but Suarez has left and he was not he was involved in those. Other people have then dropped off and Liverpool are scoring even less yeah. because of that. So I mean that's Liverpool. what we're saying. We're saying Liverpool need because they they are actually a bit sorted at centre back yeah, if yeah, you get yeah. that. Say, say like, Adam wraps it <laughs> up. Say <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Him oh, these, says Adam. Uh, a pod, a Arca. Oh yeah. A seven. He's gone. Uh, should Pogba leave? And where should he go? So I think today's the rumor is it does leave a good midfield shape. Yeah, I, would, I think that you'd be silly to leave Juve at the moment. Yeah. Could win the Champions League, as we just said. I think Pogba will leave after Juve get the fifth league title in a row, and uh, then he'll go because a lot of people are talking him that way, aren't they? They're yeah, saying one more and then yes. they've set a record and they've, you know, they've done everything they can effectively I think it would be brilliant at size like PSG Man City but yep. no real I hate seeing him in Man yeah, City yeah that's the thing no real love there for him you know Real Madrid might be good Barcelona would be quite interesting you know, to move their midfield on again you know revolutionise it again but no I want Rakitic yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd much rather I know it's disappointing I'd like to see Pogba go to a side where he will he'll be the difference yeah. But then, I, you know what? Maybe we're overbilling him, and actually, he needs to go to a side like Juve where he has a steady um, income. Hey, 22 years old. Can you believe it? Chelsea. Imagine him under Mourinho. Yeah, sitting next to Matic. That would be a disgusting midfield. Yeah. Disgusting. Horrible. Uh, so, uh, another question is who is going to get relegated? It's being asked by Sam James. Um. Burnley will be relegated. QPR are done. QPR are done. And then you pick a Newcastle are going to Are they in free fall? They're in absolute free fall. Absolute free fall. one word to describe it. They've lost the last eight games. Unheard of. And the other thing. Well, it is actually. That is a record, Adam. Yeah. It's actually unheard of. Yeah. If you look at teams getting relegated in the Premier League, one of the key things is you look at goals conceded. Um, Newcastle have conceded the second most goals in the Premier League they've conceded 60 goals only QPR have conceded more that is a massive indicator but John Carver's the best manager in the Premier League oh, I forgot about that John he said that today 
I do feel sorry for John Carver. Is he going to bring the 3-4 out? John Carver's going to bring out the 1-2 in the next game, I think, on a manager. I feel sorry for John Carver, although there was an excellent animation this week by Fit by Football or whatever they are on YouTube. They're absolutely fantastic. Where it's Go and find it online. It's really very good. It's Alan Shearer trying to shop in the Newcastle store and the guy running the store is John Carver. And it is very, very good. Go and take a look. That's all we need to say. Newcastle will be relegated. Sorry. So I'll just tell you who Newcastle have got left in their three games. They have got West Brom yeah. at home, Oof. QPR away, yeah. West Ham at home. So they'll so win one of maybe, those maximum. Maybe they could win one. I know they're on an awful run, but maybe, just maybe. But then other teams are going to win around them as well. So well, let me, let, me ask, let me tell you this. Hull have got Burnley at home yeah. next week. Winnable. And they've got Spurs away yeah. and then Man United at home. But again, you could say Spurs not on the best form. Man United, three three defeats in a row yeah. for the first time since what was it eighty nine? Sack manager, sack the board, sack them all. So it's it's just very hard to tell. But you're mm. going to say Newcastle. So that's what you're saying. Sadly, yeah. Newcastle. Yeah, I just feel they're might not actually be terrible. Off. Might not be the worst thing. Absolute people. joke, mate. I feel sorry for Carver. Joke, mate. I feel sorry for the fifty thousand lads that turn up every week and the you know the, the, and the laddies. Atrocity of football. Rubbish. Yeah. Skippy140 says, What do Arsenal do? What do they need? In to general, do? what do they need to do? <laughs> what do Arsenal do? Well, yeah, they're the a team of footballers <laughs> yeah, and they, they, they professionalise their challenge team in the late the 1800s. Next season. They will. What do they need to do to do that? So every year we always say, Arsenal should be challenging next season. They're going to be challenging. And then they don't. They never do. But there's, a, there's something different, maybe this. this Goalkeeper, centre back, defensive midfielder. What's yeah, striker. What's wrong with Ospina? Champions League against Monaco was terrible. In one of the biggest games of the season, I think it was absolutely awful at home. All right, new yeah. goalie, new centre back. Yeah, you know the likes of Koscielny, he's brilliant. Mertesacker um, isn't. Has had a best season. Um, you know they need someone that's young, mobile that can play next to him. Mangala would have been interesting at Arsenal. Obviously, he's not gone to Arsenal, yeah. but he's been a bit dodgy as well. Asako would have been interesting at um, yeah, at Arsenal. If. Decent ball player. If but could. He also he just looks like he'd fit in at Arsenal. He yeah. looks like one of those guys. I mean, you know, he's got the Eurostar back to Paris if he ever needs it. Yeah. And, you know, it works. London's quite closely linked to Paris. I would like to see Sacco there. But I like him at Liverpool. So. Um, uh, next question. Buy some players is the answer to yeah. that one. And one, one last thing on the Coquelin causal relationship. They're really blossoming at the moment. Mm. I really do like that. BFFs. But I think they're just too small. It's one of those things where you've, you've now got to have a physical midfielder in your midfield to, to be at that top level. You know, it's a Vidal. Arguably at Man United, Marouane Fellaini's given that extra option. Busquets at Barcelona, Real Madrid are lacking that. That's why they're not going to win the Champions League mm. this season. What we said. You either want that or Alonso. You've got yeah, one or the it. other. It's either you choose Xavi yeah. Alonso or you choose someone that's going to go around kicking people. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, you need that. You know what I love? The phrase today on Arsenal Fan TV, which I saw, was uh, "Santi Dextrous," which means that you can play the ball with both feet. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Um, He's got crap hair though. Yeah, not to judge him <laughs> but you, he genuinely you know what he has hair like he has hair like you know when one oh, of your yeah. dad's loser friends turns up at a barbecue and you're like what is that on your that head cool? and he's just that? turned up in like a in like a 2005 BMW M3 and he steps out and he's like alright mate yeah wicked no, come on in yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah and he's, he comes in in flip flops and you're like fuck it Hugo is just you know he's just stepped up and I was just, he's elevated it to the next level and he's just gone who is the best player of all time of all time now I'd say us personally we could probably only choose someone 
who's the pope of our era that we you know have actually seen either live or we've seen an actual whole 90 minutes of more than once someone who does things you can't even imagine someone who does things that you know just no one else can do it's got to be harry kane the best player of all time wow okay great sorry no uh sorry lionel messi lionel messi personally can can i you you know who i'm gonna put forward sorry you know who i'm gonna put forward for this uh i don't know coutinho kenny dudley wow that's a great suggestion one of the best football players ever to grace the british league one Europe yeah, and then do you know what I think makes him a better player Fair he went on and was a fantastic manager he won, well, the, he won the Premier League the best well he won the Premier ship but that's what I'm saying is that the, your legacy as a player is then continued afterwards and Kenny Dalglish was magnificent on the pitch read the game beautifully played some of the best players of all time and sat them on their bloody asses. so see what yeah that's true well I haven't seen enough of Kenny Dalglish I, I see, so I, even like Maradona Pele I've seen YouTube clips I couldn't say Oh, he's definitely the greatest full time. Well, no, but that's why I put him forward, Adam, is because your knowledge is limited compared yes. to mine. It's definitely small. It is messy. To, let's, let's be honest with each other. But my no, it's a, it's a difficult Ooh. argument, David. It is messy. You're right. It is messy. Very difficult. Argument. But I, my favourite player that I've ever seen, you know, when he was at his peak, was Kaká. You know, he was absolutely wow. brilliant in his like three or yeah. four years at AC Milan, but he was awesome, absolute world beater. So Inside the foot, outside that pass in the Champions League final yeah. to Crespo, maybe one of the best passes of all time. Well, one of the best goals I've ever seen at Old Trafford was Kaká when, oh, when yeah. he made Harrington yeah. and um, Evra run into each yeah, other. Yeah. Side footed at home, really cool. Edwin van der Sar, one of the best one v one keepers yeah. at that point. So so good, so explosive, and then obviously lost his pace, went to yeah. Real Madrid, bit of a mistake. Now he's in the MLS. Now he's rocking it in the MLS, scoring free kicks for fun. Orlando. Yeah. Orlando. So what are we, what are we saying? So we we're saying for, Kenny Dalglish. I think you'll find that. Yeah. Lionel Messi to be a manager. I reckon he'd be a terrible manager. Yeah. No, but this is what I'm saying. Is I, I I've been um, listening over the past week to some interesting stuff from Kenny because obviously um, next week is the uh, is the anniversary of Blackburn winning the Premiership, right? Kenny Dalglish. I'm putting Kenny Dalglish forward as the greatest player to ever have graced the, big world, that, buddy. the, the planet. Big. Look him up. Brain. Look Kenny Dalglish up, and you'll see some fantastic yeah, reading of the game. Yeah, but I'll never be able to see 90 minutes of Dalglish. Henry Winter will agree game. with me. Sorry? Henry Winter will agree with me. Okay. Well, you and Henry, you know, you can have <laughs> Dalglish. <laughs> me and Dave will have Messi. Uh, so, uh, the next one is... Well, we sort of already answered this. Will Ancelotti lose his job if he doesn't deliver the league? I think he'll lose it whether he delivers he or not. If he doesn't deliver it. Um, so um, I don't think there's actually any other questions there's a few hard ones best Premier League of all time maybe we'll save that for another best time. Premier League player of all time team it's like a, you know I, I'm not quite sure what that means 11 Black, that Blackburn side or, that Blackburn side or like yeah that what Blackburn was the team. Like side, Tim Sherwood yeah. Alan Shearer Chris Sutton Tim Flowers oh, come on. Like, uh, I was thinking um, Carlos Tevez Cristiano Ronaldo yeah, maybe yeah United, that was one of the best teams of all time can I can I also say maybe one of the best midfield threes ever is Gerard Alonso Mascherano that was a pretty pretty formidable Liverpool team that lost the league that year I mentioned before about the, the tackler the physical player they've, they've got that they've got the passer and they've got the creator it's perfect who's the best who's the best mid, midfield three of all time is my question Lampard, Michaela, 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 Michaela Frank Lampard. You mean like played on the same side, or are you just saying like, oh, if you could? No, 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 no. I'm saying that played because uh, my argument would be it would be um, it would be the, that Barcelona treble that was um, treble. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's oh, got to be yeah. Busquets, Xavi, Iniesta. The yeah. problem is Busquets lets that that side oh, down, no, doesn't no, it? No, 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 no. No, because you, what you can say. He's the best defensive midfielder ever. Dave does love him. 
Dave does love Busquets, doesn't he? He, is. he, he just loves Senor Busquets. Really? Yeah, yeah no, literally, I do not believe that. Don't say Chelsea side. Um, on, also, best Premier League team of all time, Manchester no, no, no. United. Okay, 09, 08? Not the 99 side, Seven, no. 708. Yeah, the, the better team. They yeah. were just wow. such better scintillating team. football. Yeah. And they Tell were just, Ronaldo, they were yeah. incredible, really. And that, um, I mean, take Ronaldo out of that team. Would they be the best team? Probably not. Yeah, but Edwin Marr says, question for the front three. That's us. Benzema or Suarez? Who's better? Suarez, come on, mate. You, I know you love these questions, but it's these sort of Suarez, then. I'd say Suarez, but I think Benzema complements Real Madrid better than Suarez would complement Real Madrid. Correct. Although I would love well, to see Suarez in that yeah, white kit. Now. Interesting if they switch. Imagine that. Imagine Messi and Benzema together. That'd be quite nice. Imagine Messi and Ronaldo in the same team. Well, the only time we'll ever probably see that, you know, is in a testimonial. And they'll be yeah, too fair. old by then to know if they would have been good together. But I reckon one day that they'll be at each other's testimonials. Yeah. Here's an interesting question from Ryan Pesha. It says, is Mignolet yeah. better than Courtois? No. Considering Liverpool's lacklustre defence in comparison to Chelsea's very good defence? No. No, Courtois is a great so goalkeeper. It seems like a no. Courtois, you know, like Courtois, yeah. Courtois, yeah. Yeah. And I think Mignolet is good. A, a number. He's, he's all right. Then he's, right he's improved after he's the dropping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, that's credit to him, really. He deserves to win the Golden Gloves because he's improved from the start of the season. Correct, Dave. Correct. You know, it's a nice story of someone getting knocked down and coming back up. So we need to see more in the world. I get knocked down, but right. I get up again. You ain't ever going to Never going to keep Mignolet down. Let me ask you this question. Yeah, um, ask it. Do you agree, Youssef says, do you agree with Thierry Henry? That Olive. That what? Olivier Giroud. Olive. Olivier Giroud is not good enough yeah, for Arsenal to challenge for the title next season. Him as I don't think on his own he's good enough, but I think as part of a, a threatening Arsenal side, I think he's a he's a sub on kind of guy. I'd rather see Arsenal play with Sanchez up front than Giroud. I just I'm not a fan at all. He, and I understand what he can do. He's a big physical presence. He, yes. His first his um, first time finishing is absolutely brilliant. Probably the best is, in the Dave. Premier League. You're right. But then why not, Dave? You're not going to win a Champions League with Olivier Giroud playing up front. You just know. No, but that's the point. Is you want the variation. They don't have someone else but up there. That's be... Arsene Wenger's fault. That's not Olivier Giroud's fault. It's not fault. Olivier Giroud's fault. But I just I think Arsenal needs something else. Yeah, but to get to where they want to get to. I say. But I'd say higher... keep Olivier Giroud. Keeps oh, oh, yeah, something. Yeah, keeps, but he, he's not maybe the man to fly yes. you to the title. Not the only man, no. European Cup. Yeah, but then Thierry Henry no, wasn't the only man like, to fire Arsenal to like, their side. Perez was alongside him. He had he had Bergkamp yeah. there. I'd argue though in the, that. 2005-6 Champions League campaign Henri mm. pretty much carried them to that final maybe we win he, he was pretty good we were yeah, talking about greatest Premier League teams though. we never looked Arsenal though, didn't we? oh the Invincibles yeah, right, yeah they were good they, <laughs> they played you know <laughs> what they, they, they played some United fantastic players, do you know what the Invincibles <laughs> were probably the people's oh. the people's Champions the people's yeah. well no that was, that was Blackburn or back, back in 95 I know you know, Chelsea 05, that was a pretty insane team. Yeah, but they're not the people's champ. No one's going to, oh, no, no person, no human is going to say, Chelsea are my favourite team. Apart from Chelsea fans. No, they're not human. <laughs> oh, well. Orlando. Lawrence doesn't speak for all of us. He's a bit yeah. uh, Let me ask you this one. So, does Angel Di Maria suit Louis van Gaal's style of play? And if he does not, yeah. can he adapt? And will he be any good next season? question actually came before Depay signed but All right, let's let's talk Dragon, about in light of this guy signing does Di Maria have a future does he suit the style of play if he doesn't is he any good is he worth keeping around next season where's he going to fit Dave? If, if he were to fit anywhere it would be that left side central midfield role to overlap similar way he played at Real Madrid yeah. 
to overlap the pie when the pie comes inside. But I think right now is value that the most you you know the value of a player right now to sell him now would be the time where you're going to get the peak value, and that's probably what you want to do with FFP. Do you reckon they're going to get peak? Oh, Just yeah. sell him off. You've PSG. Got to, you know, you've got Why to you can't? About this, you've got to be a stupid. You know, if PSG. Who too? PSG or PSG. Bayern Munich been linked with them today. Obviously, it's a bit of a strange one, but um, you know he's, he could get into a lot of sides. Potentially, Real Madrid might come back. No. You know, he was very, he was excellent for them. Yeah, but he's not the kind of player no, that uh, Perez is not the kind of yeah, guy to re-sign true. someone who goes. Off you go, go to pass. So that was the questions. Yeah, thank you very much for all your questions. Thank uh, you. To submit questions for next week, which will be Thursday, yeah. the episode will be out uh, or Friday. Then uh, you just need to hit us up on Twitter at the front free with the numeral free, not the word free. Correct. So moving on to any other business. Yeah, I know Dave wants to talk about Memphis Dubai, who we mentioned there been confirmed that Manchester United have signed him pending a medical 25 to 30 million is what the BBC is saying is the fee so Dave as a United fan are you happy is this something you're excited about for next season is he worth it hit me with the stats hit me with the knowledge hit me with I the little ghetto gospel right now. I'm, I'm smiling I'm very happy it's an absolutely excellent <laughs> signing what I've been you know asking for all season is this impact player that can do something you look at Memphis Depay's stats over this season, they're absolutely phenomenal. He's scored 21 goals in, in there. In 28 games. In 28 games. Mm. Excellent, excellent player. He's, he's explosive. He's, the thing that he's, he's, you know, he shoots a lot, he creates chances, he takes people on. That's what United have lacked, is that, you know, the likes of Ashley Young, not explosive enough. And with Memphis Depay coming in, that real explosion. What, it, what he also gives as well, which is going to be interesting, is it gives uh, Van Gaal a tactical variation option there with, you know, for example, you can play him in a 4 3 3. You yep. can play on the left side there. Correct. Or you can play him behind the striker in a 4 2 3 1. Yep. Or you could play him in a 3 5 2 that's not worked this season because we don't have that movement lat, uh, vert, uh, horizontally. Yep. Across the, the pitch. pitch. Lat, vert, oh, horizontally. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. sorry, got to it in the end. And Memphis Dubai would really do that. You know, he can hit the channels, he can pick the ball up wide, can score goals. He's an excellent, excellent player. Another thing that we've, you know, United lacked. For the you know since David Beckham or since Ronaldo is that free kick ability. He scored six goals this season from set pieces. Really, some of the goals that he scored have been fantastic. The way he moves the ball. I didn't know that. Um, you know, he's a player that that can shoot, and I think last season. Mate, he also he does miss a lot of shots. We he do. Does. Know that. This, is, this if, is the thing he does. If, if that can be honed, it would be great. One hundred percent. You know, this season in the Eredivisie, he's had the most shots. He's had one hundred and fifty-four shots. That's a lot of shots. That's a lot of shots. How many has he scored? He scored twenty-one goals. Yeah. So obviously the chance conversion there, yeah, you know, <laughs> no, 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 is I'm a little bit down. But that's a low, a low chance conversion. Hello. But yeah. you take the fact that he's shooting quite a lot from outside the box. You know, he's he's had 80, 83 shots from outside the area. Sometimes United have, have broken down at that point. If someone's going to have a go on goal, go for it. Ronaldo used to shoot a lot when he was at United. He used to have a few warm-up shots in the first 15 minutes of games. I, I'm happy with that. Give him the ball, let him have a go, because he's finding his range, he's finding his distance. If a player has 10 shots in a game, and he's, you know, he doesn't score, whatever. Just Fine. continue shooting. What I'd, what I'd say is, if Van Gaal can um, hone him, yeah. and um, say, you know, maybe get your sighters in, in, you know, warm-up, yeah. then that'd be great. Um, but, <laughs> one, I mean, one thing is, A, Dutch... Yes. Uh, or at least now relates to being a Dutch person because he doesn't acknowledge his other history. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then you know, go from there. Van Gaal maybe is the perfect guy to hone him. I mean, you know, you've seen we see other people uh, bringing young players through. Van Gaal now bringing 
Depay and you would say Van Gaal's probably one of the biggest pulls for Depay to 100%. play. He well. says he's like a father, you know, a father to him. Obviously, he doesn't speak to his dad anymore, but you look at Van Gaal's record of young. He doesn't. That's not funny, Adam. It's actually a really oh, he's serious. Story. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's no jokes here. So you look it's at actually Van quite. Record. It's actually quite a big story it for is, Depay, yeah. isn't he? He's got really a big narrative. Player, oh no. You know, that's going to potentially give him a little bit extra than obviously he's gone for a bit of hardship in his life. Give him a bit extra, a bit of fire in his belly, a bit of explosivity that you want as a player. And Van Gaal's just going to take that out. He obviously needs to work on his defensive side of his game. He's really good on the counter-attack, mm-hmm. picking up the ball, uh, you know, a number of his goals in the area of busy this season, him being played through, and him just like, you know, the keeper's not even there pretty much. Sim- the finishing has been absolutely fantastic for him. He takes his chance, and that's what United have also lacked this year. Sometimes on the counter-attack with Van Gaal Di Marie, it seems like Di Marie's so fast that the rest of the team's not kept up. And then at the end, Van Persie and Wayne Rooney are still trotting around the centre circle. Are you saying that Dubai's going to be the only player alongside Di Maria? With Di Maria still there. What? Well, yes, that's an interesting question. Uh, is he also an Adidas player? Is Dubai an, an Adidas player? I think he is, player? yeah. He's an yeah. Player. And so who's going to sponsor their kit well, next season? United, maybe that. The three stripe, the three yeah. stripe all over it. That's wow. what I'm saying. Great. Um, yeah. What would you like to talk about, Lawrence? Um, maybe Tim Sherwood. You? When does this go out, Adam? It's even going to go out after we finish on Thursday night, or it's going to go out tomorrow morning. Cool. So um, this week, I have uh, been listening to some stuff that's coming out next week. Uh, on the BBC to celebrate um, basically the 25th anniversary of Blackburn winning the league. I'm going to encourage you to go and listen to that next week because it is incre- there are some incredible stories in there that you just don't get in football anymore because the kind of football is just so different. Yeah. All right. Um, the, all of next week, we will probably hear stuff about them being it just being a different era of football. It's early Premier League years. United have won it twice, and then Blackburn suddenly popped up yeah. and won it. I find Tim Sherwood a difficult character to deal with, right? <laughs> but having heard him be interviewed about this and interviewed surrounded by people who seem to understand him, such as Kenny Dalglish, such as Alan Shearer. You suddenly think, you suddenly see him. I suddenly saw him in a different light and saw him as quite an expressive guy. And I, I'm not saying I was wrong about Tim Sherwood because I do think there's a lot he needs to improve on. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I have a new understanding for Tim Sherwood that maybe I didn't feel or have before or have a, have a need to have. And I think, uh, you know, I'm enjoying what he's done at Aston Villa. I want to see him go on and succeed. I, I just find him intellectually challenging sometimes and he could be better thought out yeah. but having listened to him personally on a one-on-one basis now it does sound as if that's the kind of character that, that he is yeah. and I didn't necessarily know him as part of this Blackburn side so I'd encourage you to go and listen to the BBC doc that's coming out next week to get the context of how Sherwood evolved as a player and how all those players evolved and then go from there and, and all I'm saying is it changed my opinion of Tim Sherwood hearing some of his answers yeah. and Maybe because of you know what's currently going around, which maybe I'm also partly responsible for because I, you know, don't don't particularly appreciate him. Um, I would just encourage you to go and listen. That's all I'm saying. What's quite interesting there is we've just seen he was the captain of the yeah. side that finished second and then won the Premier League. I didn't even know that. And Dalglish picked him. And bear in mind, I mean, this is something we don't see now. We remember Kenny Dalglish as a, a manager, and I've gone on about him about oh, yeah. he's been very much in the forefront of my mind this week. Um, he, Kenny Dalglish is an incredible football figure in the first place. He's the manager who was at helm when Liverpool went through Hillsborough. He won an incredible amount of things at Liverpool. Mm. He is he was an incredible football player before he went to Liverpool. Mm. And he's a Scot. And not only that, but he has won the Premier League with a team. He's a he might look a bit and this is what I'm saying, is maybe Tim Sherwood and uh Ken Dalglish hark back to an age before football was the way it is. Okay. 
but there's something about that which we need to keep there and for that reason now my appreciation is that Tim Sherwood's bringing something from that era of football to this era of football and you know Kenny Dalglish he won a bloody premiership what would you say though about the you know people sometimes say that that, that Rovers brought the Premier League that season you know Jack Walker's money a lot of signings mate they were were newly promoted to the league Mm. and I think a lot of other sides were scared Liverpool didn't have a particularly good investment at that time they actually lost out on a couple of transfers to Blackburn Um, United fans were a little bit annoyed that Alan Shearer had in inverted commas turned them down when actually that wasn't the the case yeah Um, and I think the point is made and again I'd encourage you to go and listen to this doc but basically you have they had to invest because they come up and they had to catch up with everyone else the point was made at the end of the documentary basically and you know go and listen to it again (laughs) you won't see that now because of financial fair play And but because of the rules at the time, it was a level playing field essentially. But the the fairy tale story is that it's a local guy who came and invested in his club, yeah. and there's something really incredible there. I think, that's, I think that's nice. That's a really nice touch. That obviously he's a local lad that's won the league with his local side with a bit of cash that he's earned. Yeah, and it's not only that, but the details of the story and the fact that it was it's it's almost like that can never really happen again now. Yeah. Make it worth make it worth something it's going go and listen to it go and look it up on wikipedia go and read the articles yeah. next week because they will be everywhere because it's been 25 years since that and that team were pretty prolific and that team were a team of people with stories so it was uh, you know the david batty's in there those kind of guys and they're all that kind of laddie generation that bought up the kids that are now out there who are setting the trends of being lads now so it's worth going back and and listening to those guys who needs It, uh, go, and, and that that is the perfect trail for <laughs> going to listen to this BBC documentary because it's fantastic I think it comes out next Thursday okay. on well, Five Live we can tell people next week huh? hey it came out we can say yeah well, uh, exactly. hey it came out go and listen to it yeah. and we'll put a link in the podcast excellent um, okay that's all that's me no you don't need to mouse. That great uh, that's me done yeah that Thanks. was great I've now got to go because I've got to go and be, be on TV guys but let me ask you this really quickly yeah um if you could have any football manager yeah. as prime minister, oh for fuck's sake! Did you even listen to the ramble this week? No. Okay. Did they say the same exactly? I think the opening question is if you could have any fo- any football figure, <laughs> um, and then Copper Ninety today said which player would you have? Well, I said manager. I've changed okay, it. which football manager would you have as prime minister? Yeah. Current Premier League. Manager. Dave. Or Current Premier League right manager. At, right at the moment, what the UK needs is Jose Mourinho Oof. as PM. We need to change a bit, a few things in the country. Imagine Mourinho and Putin in the same room. Oh, Mourinho <laughs> just being like Mourinho. Mourinho's probably the only man who could outsight yeah, Putin. He's probably probably the only man who could make Putin like nuke his own country. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mourinho would literally sit there on the campaign bus and be like, "I parked the, I parked the bus, parked <laughs> the fucking bus in Parliament." The most, the most entertaining would be Tim Sherwood. He would be great dealing with all the leaders. I'd love to see Pearson. Again, my only political thought is I'd love to see all these managers face up to Putin and see what they do. <laughs> Nigel Pearson against Putin would literally... Pearson's approach would literally oh, be... Pearson, he would take his it. shirt off and it would just be... Are you an ostrich? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, yeah, he's not Australian. But it would, literally just, it would literally just be... That would be his approach and it would be fight me. Fight me. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Or um, who else could you go for? Um, he obviously would be very structured. Okay. Yeah, but cur- not current. Brennan Rogers, I don't think, would make a very no. good prime minister. I think he'd make a great Lib Dem uh, candidate. Great. <laughs> um, Listen, let's wrap it up there. Um, I just want to say thanks for all the kind can we not leave it on comments. Yeah, we can. Thanks for all the nice comments <laughs> over the week. There was some really nice comments. Someone said, if 
you make this an hour long, it'd be the best podcast ever. I said Javier Favela. Top guy, Javier. Top guy. Could Javier. be the best ever. Yeah. You guys are great. I could listen to you talk for hours. So thanks, Mum. Uh, so it's very popular opinion on Mystic uh, Evil Warrior to you a very popular opinion on the Twitter and the SoundCloud comments was make it an hour yeah we haven't quite managed it because you've got to shoot off but Ooh, uh, well we're do, slowly edging yeah, now we are, aren't we we're getting towards an hour so do let us know what you think about uh, the length let us know your thoughts let us know suggestions let us know if you've got any questions on Twitter at the front free uh, what do you think of the girth of the podcast? Well, no, friends? you've gone too far. Yeah. Uh, until <laughs> next time, where can people find you, Lawrence? At Lostcast Online. Okay, just Everywhere. go to Lostcast. Just type in Lostcast on Google. Sorry? Go to my website. Just type in on Google. Yeah, Google Lozcast. Yeah. Although I do think someone else is trying to steal it. Um, oh, although if you go to lozcast.com, then you'll see it there, and you'll see I'll have made a little special tab just for this podcast. Amazing. So Dave, where can everyone find you? Go on Google, Squawker Dave. First link, it's me. Second link is about me on a lovely channel called The Full Time Devils. Really? Full Time Devils. Lovely guys, Full Time Devils. Great guys. I love Full Time Devils. Right, calm down. No, no, genuinely. It's probably one of the best YouTube channels around. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Adam Boltwood. It's just my name. A bit self-promoting. Yeah. yeah. So on that note, <laughs> on that, that self-indulgent note, note yeah. uh, see you next week. Uh, and thanks for thanks for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 